First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, set you apart completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Father, we love you. We praise you, we magnify you, we glorify you, and we bless you. We thank you, as always, for your blessed, holy word and the anointing upon it. Thank you for our ears to hear your word, our hearts to receive your word, our minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. We thank you, Father, as always, for utterance, and believe you for it, for utterance in the Holy Spirit, not only today in this service, but throughout the coming weeks, months, in years should Jesus tarry for all of us to minister your word so that many would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We thank you, Father, we need no man to teach us. We're taught by the unction, the Holy Spirit that lives within our hearts as believers. We thank you, Father, that your word is true. You're not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. What you said you'll do, what you spoke, you'll make good. So we thank you for that. We thank you that our preaching, teaching, witnessing, and ministering isn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power, so that our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the living God. Thank you, Father, again, for the privilege of fellowshipping together, studying together, meeting together in a free country where we are free to worship, praise, pray, speak, and teach your word without fear of retribution or reprisal in any way. So we honor you today. We love you. We praise you and we bless you. And we thank you for your many blessings you've bestowed upon us. Those who have lived long lives, we thank you that our blessings are too numerous to count. But we count and thank you for every one of them. So we honor you today as we study your word. We speak the blood of Jesus over our families, over our property, over our country, over our schools, over, our, over everything that we do, wherever we go. Thank you for the blood. We honor the blood. We apply it. We sprinkle it. We speak it. We, we appropriate it in every way. And we hold it against the devil in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, I'll review briefly what we talked about last week, being more spirit conscious. I said... In these trying times, we as Christians have to uh, train ourselves to be more spirit conscious uh, and train ourselves intensely to be more spirit conscious, more than body and mind conscious. We all are three-part beings. We discovered that in, our, in the Word. We're three-part beings. We uh, are spirits. We have minds, wills, and emotions, and we live in bodies. Uh, we're, we're spirits because the Bible tells us in John 4.24 that God is a spirit. Those who worship him have to worship him in spirit and truth. Genesis 1.26 tells us, let's make man in our image and our likeness. So we're made in the image and likeness of God, so we're spirit beings. Now it doesn't feel like it sometimes while we walk on this earth because we have these minds that we have to deal with and we have these bodies that we have to deal with, but that's part of our uh, walk with God. We're, we have minds, that's our soulish realm, our minds, our wills, 
and our emotions enter in. It's more than just the mind, but we aren't souls, so to speak. You know, we talk a lot about getting souls saved, and, you know, so-and-so is a good soul, and, and that type of thing, but we aren't souls, we aren't minds, we aren't wills, we aren't emotions, we have minds, wills and emotions, and we have to deal with it. Our mind stays with us even after physical death. And we established that with the Bible. Luke 16, 19 through 31. We'll not read that again. But that's the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And we know what happens there. He still had his mind. He didn't have his body. It was buried. His spirit was in Hades. So, and Lazarus, of course, was in Abraham's bosom. So we, we, but we live in bodies. But we are eternal spirit beings. A lot of people can't comprehend that. Uh, they will. We all will because we all are going to live forever. It doesn't matter uh, where we spend forever because there could be two different places. But we know where we're going as Christians. So how do we become more spirit conscious on the earth? We ought to be spirit conscious wherever we are. We're going to be because we, we are going to be spirit beings. We'll have glorified spiritual bodies. You know, we'll look the same, we'll recognize each other, but, you know, we're going to have spirit bodies. Spirit, uh, mind, and, uh, are, are going to still exist. These physical bodies will uh, take their own uh, place at, and be raised again, but raised as spiritual bodies. We've studied that, and we can look in uh, 1 Corinthians and talk about it. We won't do that today, but we will, because it's important. Keith Moore's written an, uh, another book uh, dealing with death. Excellent book. It's online. You, you know, you can just pull it up on your laptop or on your tablet or wherever, on your phone, on your watch, wherever you want, and read it. It's, it's excellent. And, and if you know Brother Keith, he repeats himself quite a bit. But, you know, it, he gets the point across. It's a good book to read. How do we become more spirit conscious though on the earth? We talked about that. We stay in the word daily and constantly. And, and more than just a daily devotional. I know there's times when that's all you can do. Because people lead busy lives nowadays. If you're on the highway driving for 12 hours for instance. You're not going to be in the word unless you've got it on your uh, CD player or whatever. Uh, listening to it or whatever, but you're not going to be reading it. I've not known anybody that can read the Bible and, and drive at the same time. I know people text and drive. That's not a good thing to do, but uh, you can't read and drive. It's, you know, you're going to get pulled to one side or the other, hit something. But, you know, there's going to be times when you can't. But stay in your devotional. Stay in the Word constantly. Remember, Jesus is the living Word. We we read again last week, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was in the beginning with God. He was always there. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we remember that He's the living Word. He lives within us as believers. He left us a comforter, the Holy Spirit. His Spirit. And we have to stay in that Word. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate in it, mutter it, in the Hebrew, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then you make your way prosperous. Then you have good success. 
good success is living a, a Christian life, is living in a spirit-conscious life, is living a prosperous life, a, a healthy life. In Proverbs 4, 20-23, we know what that says. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your mouth. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They're life to those that find them in health or medicine all their flesh. Guard your heart he says in verse 23 with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Stay in the word and we stay spirit conscious. We said too that a good thing to do is avoid crisis praying when possible. There will be times when you have to pray in crisis situations for others and for yourself. But don't close the barn door after the horse is out. Pray all the time. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And Paul says pray for me. So you know always pray for, for your ministers and the pastors and teachers that you listen to. And leaders. First of all we're supposed to pray for our leaders. Doesn't matter what party they are. Uh, you know. And that might be tough for you. I know how it is. But we're instructed to pray for them. So we need to do it. But there will be times when you have to pray in crises, situations, and we need to do that. No, And be ready. Be prayed up. Full of His Word. And confess the Word constantly to stay spirit conscious. Not, you know, don't confess the problem in the situation all the time. Confess the Word. Jesus, uh, uh, Hebrews 3, 1 says, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. High priest of it. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 reiterates that. You know, talking about uh, being the high priest uh, and staying uh, in, in grace and staying w with our confession. Christianity is the great confession. The great confession. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If we confess with our mouths, speak with our mouths, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead. We will be saved. For with a heart, we have to believe in our spirit that with a heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. People say you don't have to do anything to be saved. Just believe it in your heart. We need to confess it with our mouth. Romans 10.13 says, All those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So call up, you know, we need to call upon Him with our mouths. People need to understand that. It's a confession. A great confession. I gave you some examples of confessions. Uh, people say, well, I, you know, I don't have time to, to read a two-page confessional you know, thing every day. Well, you don't have to. You can confess in, uh, in 10 seconds. In, in my pathway is life. There's no death. I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus. I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. That's four scriptures in 10 seconds. You know, everybody has 10 seconds to spare, right? I know we waste a lot of time. We don't realize it, but confess the word, the great confession. You know, we need to, to live the life, we said. Live the life. How? We saw Romans, or Hebrews rather, 3, 14 and 15. We need to pray the word. Jeremiah 1, 12 says that he watches over his word. He hastens his word to perform it, pray the word, speak the word, and confess the word. We looked at 1 Timothy 6, 12 and 13. 
which reiterates what Jeremiah 1.12 says. We need to let your goodness, our goodness to be seen. Ephesians 2.10, where his workmanship, his poem, poemia, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We need to realize that good works don't save us or get us healed or get us provision and prosperity, but they keep us obedient. It's something that we need to be doing. Good works. And, and move on from there. So that brings us up to date to today. And I want us to look at Galatians chapter uh, 5 and verse 16. We're going to talk about how to uh, continue to talk about how to be more spirit conscious. Walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit. Galatians 5.16 Paul writing to the churches in the region of Galatia. There's more than one church. Not the church of Galatia. It's churches. I say then walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now when we talk about lust... You know, we think oftentimes of some sexual sin, and, you know, it is, but, you know, lust is included in sexual sins, but it means more than that. I want to read you the Greek, one form of the Greek word. Lust is, is, is also desires. It's to set one's heart upon, eagerly long for, covet, greatly desire, or lust after. Now that could be a sexual sin, but it also, the word emphasizes the intensity of the desire rather than the object desired. So it describes both good and evil desires. If you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So if we lusted after the spirit, it would be a good thing. So that you do not do the things that you wish if you're lusting after the flesh. But, verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication or sexual sin, uncleanness, and that's homosexuality, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. And you know, the Bible says if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Contentious, contentions, rather, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So people might say they're Christians, but if they're practicing these things, then they aren't. But the fruit of the Spirit, and the Bible, usually in every translation, capitalizes Spirit there. Does the Holy Spirit have fruit? Only through your Spirit. 
The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, king, er, kindness, kingdom kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. You know, the King James says meekness, but gentleness. You know, we're not meek when we're Christians. We're powerful. Self-control, against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we practice the works of the flesh, we're not Christ. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. If the person who is led by the Spirit will do what's right freely and not the compulsion of the law, thus he is not under the law, law's bondage and condemnation. We saw in verse 18, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The works of the flesh can be categorized as sexual sins, sins connected with uh, pagan religions. That's the first two of verse 20. Sins of temper, that's the next nine up here. And sins of drunkenness, the last two. So praise God, we don't practice those. You know, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't practice any of those. I walk in the Spirit. That's a good confession. So praise God. Uh, when these virtues are characterized as fruit, in contrast to works, you know, only the Holy Spirit can produce them through our spirits. Praise God. Uh, and, and not our, our, uh, through our own efforts, but through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Paul describes in verse 24 the contrast uh, re, I'm sorry Paul describes repentance meta, metaphorically as a crucifixion of the old life of sin turning from it fully and finally thank God the tense of the verb indicates a decisive act which we performed at our conversion thank God for it and in verse 25, the Greek word for walk here is literally walk with. It's not the same as, uh, as the word walk in verse 16. I say walk in the Spirit. Uh, who, whose Greek form is the word usually used for physical walking. To walk in the Spirit is to walk along the path that He lays down. Praise God. Uh, you know, we're not under the law. Uh, we're not doing the works of the flesh. We live uh, through the fruits of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means a lot more than just walking, physical walking. It's doing uh, the works through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Walking in the Spirit. Those 11 verses are important. Being led by the Spirit is even more important. Look back at Romans chapter 7. We talk about being led by the Spirit a lot, and we should because we need to be led by the Spirit in every area of life, in small minor things. And you know there are no small minor things in this life. We think that, you know, if we listen to the voice of the Spirit, we're prompted to do certain things. Just little things become big things. So being led by the Spirit is vitally important. Look at verse 15. Paul here 
as describing his own struggle with the flesh. You know, if you're familiar with this scripture, you understand that. Verse 15, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. You know, we, we shouldn't have, Brother Hagin says, the word hate shouldn't be in our vocabulary as Christians. But it's in there for certain reasons. Uh, uh, we should hate sin, hate the devil, but not hate other people. Paul says, for what I hate, that I do. Verse 16, if then I do what I will not do, I agree with the law that is good. But now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Thank God this flesh doesn't follow us in. For to will is to present with me, but how to, it's to be present with me, but how to perform what is good I, I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil I will not to, will not to do that I practice. And I know that's a tongue tire, but we can understand if we read it slowly. For if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Excuse me, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now remember, Paul didn't write this letter to uh, the Romans. He's, he says he's writing it to all in Rome, saints. So, you know, it's not to, to one church. I'm sure the size of Rome, there was more than one group of believers gathering. He didn't write this in chapter and verse. Uh, how many of you have received letters in chapter and verse from your friends? I haven't either. So verse or chapter 8 flows right with chapter 7. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. He's talking about himself, but us too. He's describing his own struggle in chapter 7. And this, this despair, though, gives way to the declaration of victory, as we read here in chapter 8. For the law, verse, or verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, praise God, from the law of sin and death. Made free there in the Greek to liberate, acquit, set free, deliver. In the New Testament, these words are used exclusively for Jesus setting believers at liberty from the dominion of sin. Praise God. Thank God. And you don't have to redo it once you're saved. Jesus did it, did it once, and we give our lives once to Him, 
and we walk in it. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Thank God, that's us. Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. And we don't. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally meaning fleshly. For to be fleshly minded is death. Physical death, no. If Jesus tears, we're all going to receive that, achieve it, whatever. Go through it. Talking about spiritual death. To be carnally or fleshly minded is spiritual death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Peace. Thank God for peace. Because the fleshly mind, carnal mind, is enmity or enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if you're born again, He does. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Plain and simple. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Because of Adam's sin, these bodies will experience Physical death, unless we're raptured out of here. Either way, uh, I'm, I'm down with either way. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We have to have life in these mortal bodies if we're going to get the job done on this earth. It's that simple. Therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh, To live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But by by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Praise God. Why and how can we be led by the Spirit of God? John chapter 10. And verse 1. Thank God Jesus addressed this. And Paul certainly did cover it. Listen to his voice. How are we led by the Spirit? Listen to his voice. John chapter 10 and verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but... He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The herdsman, sheep herder, one who uh, tends, leads, guides, cherishes, feeds, and protects the flock. The New Testament uses the word for a Christian pastor to whose care and leadership others will commit themselves, Ephesians 4.11. And the term's also applied metaphorically to Christ. John 10.11 
Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He says it in verse 14. I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And I'm known by my sheep. In verse 16, he addresses it also. Hebrews 13, 20 says, He's the great shepherd. The great shepherd. To him, verse 3, To him the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He who calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And that's us. We're his sheep. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet uh, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. We don't need, we don't need to be listening to every other entity except for the voice of uh, the Spirit of God. I know there's a lot of voices out there. The Bible says there's many voices in the Lord None without signification. None without significance. They have significance. We know that every government entity, every news media, every troll, every, everybody out there has significance in their voice. But we don't need to be listening. We need to be listening to the uh, leading the Spirit of God. Jesus used this illustration, but they didn't understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. How many people on this earth today don't understand and don't listen? All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't hear them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. We'll go out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. They may have it more abundantly. Superabundance, excessive, overflowing surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, and more than sufficient. That's the kind of life he wants us to have. Not browbeaten into poverty and sickness. That's the kind of life, abundant life. So as we develop our spirit consciousness, his voice becomes clearer. We have to rely on that inward witness to be led by that great shepherd. Look at verse 22. We'll close with this. Same opening, John chapter 10. Now as it was the feast of dedication or Hanukkah in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in, in the temple in Solomon's porch, then Jesus, then the Jews surrounded him, and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt or suspense? I would say unbelief. How long do you keep us, they said, in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered and, and, and said, I told you, and you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you don't believe because you're not of my sheep as I said to you, you're not of my sheep. And every unbeliever out there isn't of his sheep. It's up to us to get them to believe and be of his sheep. You're not going to get all of them, but we can get uh, most of them. My sheep hear my voice, 
and I know them, and they follow uh, the news media and social media and the government. No, they follow me, Jesus says. It's written in red. They follow me, verse 28, and I give them eternal life. doesn't come from anyone here on this earth except the Holy Spirit. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Never perish. Never perish. And these unbelievers aren't going to perish either. They'll wish they had. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Praise God forevermore. You can't be snatched out of Jesus' hand unless you let somebody do it. Or something. Verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. There's a confession. You can confess that, confess that all day long. Whether you're driving, eating, uh, half asleep, whatever. My Father is greater than all. My Father is greater than all. We can say that a million times a day. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand, Jesus said. Why, I and my Father are one. Praise God forevermore. We need to learn to walk in the Spirit. We're not under the law. We don't, we don't need to be doing the works of the flesh. We need to be living in the fruit of the Spirit, the recreated human spirit by the Holy Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means that we're more spirit conscious. Being led by the Spirit of God makes us more spirit conscious. Paul describes his struggle. We all have that struggle. We do things we don't want to do because these bodies, these minds push us into it. Don't allow that to happen. Be so close to Jesus that we, we develop our spirit consciousness and his voice becomes clear. We listen to the leading of the spirit. His sheep hear his voice and follow him. Praise God. Father, we love you. We praise you and we bless you. It's our desire, our goal uh, to be more spirit conscious upon this earth. We want to walk in the spirit and everything that we do in our daily walk. We need to live in the spirit. We need to walk in the Word. Follow your Word. Love your Word. Stay in the Word. Not waste time, but put time forth in your Word. To read your Word. Study your Word. Be doers of the Word, not hearers only, self-deceived. Thank you, Father, for the privilege to do that. You give us the time, the strength, and the ability. Father, we know there are so many ways nowadays with uh, the com computer age with the internet with so many forms of written media we know that we have the ability to do it so there's no excuse and we'll do it we'll stay in the word we'll listen we can listen to people who have left the earth 20 and 30 years ago and more to study the teaching it's all fresh to our hearts Nothing new under the sun. And we thank you for it. And we commit ourselves to it. We love you and we honor you. And we thank you for the privilege of studying and fellowshipping around your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're out there and you say, well, I, I'm not a student of the word, but I want to be. I want to walk in the things of the Spirit. I want to live forever in the presence of the Lord Jesus, in the presence of the Father God. I want to have eternal life. 
All you need to do is pray this prayer with us. A simple prayer. You heard the scripture. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with your heart, with your spirit, you believe unto righteousness. With your mouth, you make confession unto salvation. You call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Call upon him today. Pray with us. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, just as I am. Your word says if I come, you won't cast me out or turn me away. So I come to you now. I repent of all my past sins. Thank you for forgiving me. I call upon the name of the Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I speak it with my mouth. So I'm saved. Born again. Born from above. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing. And I'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. As your word says I can. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for healing me physically. My mortal flesh. Thank you for loving me. For your love is poured out now in my heart by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for delivering me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, get to a good church. A word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing church. Fellowship with believers of like precious faith. Stay in the Word. Get in a good devotional that you can study every day. And, and no matter how busy you are, there's ones out there that you can do in, in very few minutes. Stay in the Word. If you get online or get on broadcast TV, uh, listen to people who are teaching the full gospel, the unadulterated Word of truth. Not a bunch of junk, but the whole Word, the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today.